So hello there, you're very welcome to the show. Today is a good day because I'm going to be talking to you about something that I think will stand to you for the rest of your life. And I don't say that in any small way because I'm going to be teaching you today how to find or create a new perspective, particularly if it's a situation you're in right now or something that's maybe happened in your past. We'll also have a look at how to control emotions and five tips to creating the emotions that you want to feel in life. And it's not that easy, but when you know the tools and the strategies and what you need to do to get there, it's certainly going to help. And I'll also be talking to you about a story. And that's, I think, where we're going to kick it all off. And it's a story of perspective. And uh, I think it's one that I've always remembered. So it was from a book I read. It's uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, which is a, a powerful book indeed. In the book, he talks about, you know, he was a psychologist who was in the concentration camps and he wrote a book on about how to search, for, how to have meaning when you've been in, in, in a concentration camp, when you've been in, in a place where you could be dead tomorrow. And anyway, the, uh, without going through the whole book with you, but there's a part near the end where, you know, it's after he's been released and so forth. And he went on to create logotherapy and stuff like that, which we'll probably talk about another day, which is quite powerful, where if you find your meaning you find fulfillment. And I think there's a lot of truth to be said for that. But that's another day's topic. But here's what he did say, and he shares a story. There was a rabbi friend he met. The rabbi had lost his wife and his kids and, and literally everyone he knew, he'd lost them in World War II and he'd lost them, you know, in concentration camps and so forth. And he submerged from this war with nobody, nobody he loved or no one that he knew. And eventually he met with Viktor Frankl and, and spoke with him and he says, how can I find hope to go on? How can I find purpose in my life now that everyone, my children, grandchildren, everyone is gone? How can I keep going with, you know, the fact that I've no one to share my life with? There was more to this story, but I'm going to give you the answer that Viktor Frankl gave. And this was basically what was the, shall we say, the, the deal breaker for the rabbi, because the rabbi was struggling severely with depression at this time. And the rabbi met with him and he was in a very dark, desperate place, and which is understandable because of the loss that he experienced and so forth. And how could he look forward and, and, and just get on with his life? But Viktor Frankl said this to him. He said, would you rather that you be here right now grieving them or they be here grieving you? And it was funny because the rabbi paused for a moment and he said, well, I'd rather it be the way it is because I wouldn't want to see them go through the pain that I've experienced since losing them. Viktor Frankl said to him, he said, well, let that be the thing that keeps you going, the purpose in the pain. Let that be the thing that keeps you going forward. The fact that even though it looks all dark and looks bleak and, you know, and he didn't give him the answer of, well, you know, you've got air in your lungs, you've got life, go forth and live it, which is true. But he didn't say that. He said, so every day you live, every day you wake up, you know, you can remember, but I'm here and they're not. And I'd rather it be that I'm here in pain rather than it be they are here in pain, suffering my loss. And whatever went on in his head, the rabbi's head, that was the deal breaker for him. And the more to the story was, he said, well, look it, you've got life to live. So live it and honor them with your life. Honor them that you'll go and live life. That something that was taken from them, that you will live a, a, a good life to the best of your ability. And whenever you feel bad, just remember you rather, rather you take it on your shoulders than that pain be on their shoulders. And that was enough. And that the rabbi 
He lifted his head and he walked from there and he never saw Viktor Frankl again, meaning he had got over his depression with that one belief. Now, it didn't go away just in that one day. Obviously, depression doesn't just leave. It takes time. But once you know or, should we say, found this new perspective on his situation, and that's what I want to talk about and get straight into is perspective. Because, I mean, with the last year or so we've all had with the pandemic and COVID-19 and restrictions, but also more than that. There's been loss, there's been pain, there's been sickness, disease. We, we've we had people close businesses never to reopen, people lose jobs, people lose their way. And I know from my coaching with, with clients, so many have crossed my path where they're struggling with even just getting motivated because their job is now not there and just a sense of purpose and identity because that, you know, the identity for them was a big part of what they did in their job. And now when that's gone, they don't know who they are or what they're doing. And so we've all experienced very different facets over the last year, very different experiences. We've all, when we emerge from this pandemic, whenever that day may come, we'll all have a different story to tell. But here's what I want to share with you tonight, stuff that's going to help you, I believe, but not just about pandemics, but in life in general, because over the last number of years, you know, in your life, if you thought back, I'm sure you've had other things, not pandemics, but other challenges, problems, heartache, pain, struggles. I'm sure there's been so many situations. But here's a question I want to ask you on that note. What is mastering you? That sounds like a funny question, right? What's mastering me? What do you mean by that, Mark? Well, here's what I mean is what problem have you maybe are in right now or in the past you've been that masters you, that takes control, that you are a slave to it. When it crops up or is talked about or thought about or that person appears, that what happens inside of you, you get this feeling or these emotions that you don't want to feel. It brings about a negative emotions almost instantly. What is mastering you? Because what I mean by that is you're a slave to that situation or that person or that event. Maybe it's current or in the past, but you're a slave to it in many ways. And I don't mean that to put you down or to break your confidence in, in any shape or form. But what I mean is, because when it comes along, it controls how you feel. It can actually alter your state. You could be happy until this thing is thought about, spoken about, or it happens. And you're happy until it happens. And these are negative emotions. Because this thing has a control over your life, almost like it, it is, is like a master to you. And you are your emotions are a slave to it. And the reason I ask that question is, is there something in your life that if there was one thing you could change, what would it be? One thing right now, when I talk about that thing that has that, brings that maybe fear or anxiety or sadness or or whatever it might be, what is it? Or maybe it makes you feel depressed. What is it that that one thing, it could be a thought process, it could be a person, a place, an event. But what is that one thing that frequently, when it comes up every time you get this horrible reaction to it, what is that one thing you wish just didn't happen or doesn't happen or because you don't like how it feels. Nobody wants to feel negative emotions. With that in mind, I want to give you something that might help you because just like that story of the rabbi who spoke with Viktor Frankl and how he, he gained new perspective, still the same horrible situation of loss, but he had a new found perspective and almost sense of purpose that it made him carry on about his life and about his day. So perspective is a powerful thing. Now, for some people right now, it might be, you know, their job. They hate their job. For others, it might be that they have no job. For others, it might be a sickness or an ailment. Or maybe it's a person or whatever. But what I'm going to do with you, I'm going to give you, shall I say, I'm going to give you a helpful piece of advice that has certainly helped me. And, I, and I, I'm sure it'll help some of you. But it's gaining that 
new perspective because a lot of us wish we had more money that we we looked better we were stronger we were taller we were shorter we were slimmer we were fatter you know we we all have these things that we want to fix you know maybe it's relationships and it's maybe it's something like you know i wish i had someone or i wish the person i have was better or you know there's so many things that we may have or carry as a burden or a problem on an ongoing and i'm talking about the things that are kind of frequent the things that affect you i know there's lots of bad stuff but i'm talking about the bad stuff that tends to get in on you and bring you down or cause negative emotions and negative emotions aren't always i'm not talking about sad emotions maybe it's anger you know maybe it's you know vengeance or hate or resentment or spite maybe it brings out the worst in you so whatever that problem is that you say you know i wish it i could change it well sometimes we can't change the situation or the problem if we can we'll then work on it but more often than not these things that get to us we can't do anything about but what we can do is our perspective So I'm going to give you an example on how you can reframe your perspective. And I think it's a helpful tool. And sometimes, you know, there is the the tip of find purpose in the pain, just like the rabbi did with Viktor Frankl. So sometimes, you know, finding purpose in the pain, or as I'll talk about in future podcasts, find that message in the mess. And it's sometimes easier said than done. But here's a helpful little exercise for you, or maybe a friend of yours that you might think of sharing this podcast with. By the way, on that note, thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast. And I love it when you screenshot the podcast and tag me because it's it's just so encouraging for me, but also gets the word out there. Because as you know, this podcast is just to help people have that better life. Or as I say on my website, build a life that makes you smile. So thanks, by the way, on that note. Um, and also, I got to mention, I've got a, a course coming up all about confidence, which I'm going to tell you all about at the very end of the podcast. But let me get back to what I was telling you about when it comes to perspective. So say, for example, you're in a job you don't like, you hate the job. So someone says, you know, how are you? I'm grand on a weekend, but when it comes Monday morning, I've got that job and I hate my job. It bores me. I have no purpose in it. It's not something I enjoy, but I just I hate the job, right? Now, here's how we're going to look at per- perspective. So that may be your biggest bone of contention in life right now. You're in a job you hate. So what I'm going to say is, supposing the job is your thing, you can obviously insert in there whatever your problem might be. Well, here's what I'm going to say, you know, and, and we're going to use, we're going to say Joe doesn't like his job. So what I'd say to Joe is this, I say, Joe, you don't like your job. But then what happens is Joe loses his job. And now his problems are now, he's a new perspective. It's not the job anymore because now he's out of work, unemployed, and he's got to pay the bills. And then what happens is it, should I say, it gets worse. It deteriorates. Now he's running out of money. Now his biggest problem is he can't pay for his mortgage. He may lose his house. And that's his biggest problem. A lot of people might be in that situation right now because, you know, he's gone from hating his job to losing his job to not having money to now not being able to afford his mortgage. He might lose his house is now his new problem. But here's what I'm going to say. But then what happens is he's in an accident and he loses both his legs. Now Joe's biggest problem is he can't walk. He's wheelchair bound for the rest of his lives. And then what happens is we say, well, that's his biggest problem. That's a horrendous problem. No, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Of course we wouldn't. But then what happens is, now Joe might sound like he's unlucky, but well, you'll get the story. You'll get the drift in a minute. Then Joe gets a disease which has given him a month to live. Now he only has a month to live. And you see, his biggest problem now is he's one month to live his life. He's got four weeks and then it's over. You see, what happened was each problem although they're all kind of one after the other, each problem created in him a new perspective. So the problem, and if you went to him now as he's he's got four weeks to live and you said, oh, but you remember your job, you used to hate that, used to rob your joy so much so, and he'll look at you and Joe will say, you know what? 
I'd give anything to be in a job I hate right now. And then you talk to him and say, you know, when he, when he lost his two legs in that accident, poor Joe was very unlucky, but when he lost his two eggs in that, legs in that uh, accident, and you say, you know, that's the worst problem, and you say, but you know what, Joe, what if you got cancer and you couldn't live for too much longer? He'd say, oh no, I'm going to get a new perspective on not having legs because life is even more important than legs. You see, each problem creates a new perspective. And when we do that with our own problem and we say, you know, where it goes, and I don't want to cause anxiety in you, but when we see that things can be worse, you know, they have the saying, it could always be worse. Well, it could always be better, but it's not even about being the best or being the worst. It's about finding contentment or shall I say satisfaction right where you're at in the current situation, in the current moment, in the current day. And you see, we can always do that. And perspective is such a thing that we all need. But here's what I will say is this. I had my own taste of perspective in it, in a way, one time. And what happened to me was this. I was going to visit, and I'll never forget this. And this is where perspective really stuck out for me. And I never forgot it ever since, to be honest. And if I do ever forget it, I always remind myself of the story. I was going to visit my grandmother who was had cancer and she was in a hospice. She was had only a few days to live, so to speak. And she was just about having a conversation with you. But I was rushing over to visit her and I was in the car park trying to get a, a, a car park space. And I remember getting so annoyed and stressed going, oh, I can't just find a space here. And I was driving around and around and it was a really small car park. And some of it was closed because it was building. I was like annoyed at the building that was going on. They were building on more wards. So the car park was closed because of, you know, building machinery was parked there. And I was like, oh man, you think they would have put in more car spaces? Look at this. And then, and I remember getting so annoyed and frustrated because I had somewhere to be, my granny. But I remember going, just sitting there, something came over me. And I tell you what it was, because I seen um, a couple come out of the hospice and the woman was clearly upset. And all of a sudden I got this dose of reality. Mark, here I am in a car park getting angry about a car space as if it's the biggest problem in the world. But so much so, and even though it's it's a problem, but it's it's affecting me. I mean, emotionally, I was getting angry. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't see red. I wasn't like a lunatic or anything like that. But I was angered and I was kind of stressed. And I was like, here and now, emotionally and physically, I'm affected because I'm seeing the car space as my biggest problem right now. When inside is my grandmother who may not be here in a month's time. And I remember getting this dose of more or less, not just like slapping the wrist, but a slap in the back of the head going, cop onto yourself, Mark. This is not a problem. This is not even a situation. This is nothing compared to the scheme of other people's lives, including my grandmother, who I loved really, really closely and was loved her dearly. And I remember that. It was a good few years ago now, and um, probably over 10 years, in fact. But I remember at that point realizing that, you know what? Sometimes you got to keep the main thing the main thing. And I remember my grandmother's advice, ironically. Her advice to me was this. She said, and she was quite sick, I remember, at times and different things. And she, her advice to me, I'll never forget it. She says, as long as you're vertical, you've got more than most. And you've got something that others would do anything to have. As long as you're vertical. As long as you're able to stand up. And, and you know what? It gave me such an appreciation because now I was here with her and here was her passing away. And I had this dose of perspective. So I share that with you because it's always something we can work on and I think it's something that is for our benefit as well as those around us when we keep a healthy perspective. So just like that story of Joe, you see, that happens us. We, you know, when you're younger, you know, you might have had an exam in school that was the biggest thing and you were lost sleep on, you couldn't eat and you were stressed about. But fast forward and you're going for an interview, that exam feels like nothing. Like, you know, uh, a walk in the park. But 
This is what happens with problems. Every problem creates a new perspective. But here's what I want to share with you. What if we could get that perspective right now, rather than having to be like Joe and go through all of those situations? What if we could get that perspective in life right now? How happier would we be? How more calm would we be? How more stress-free would we be? Now, I'm not saying be blasé and the problems go away. They don't go away, but our view of them, our perspective of them does change to the extent where it now doesn't affect us on an emotional, mental or physical level. And we are human, we still will feel things, but controlling it, dialing it down and having that healthy perspective. Just imagine if you think of that problem there, that thing that masters you almost, when it comes along, it controls how you feel. Imagine if you said, you know what, my perspective is going to change that and disempower that situation because I'm going to reframe it. You know, I I remember um, we had a, a picture one time and we loved the picture, but the frame got all smashed and broken. We were moving house but I still loved the picture and we had to change the frame. And when we changed the frame, it enhanced the image. And I saw stuff in the image that I didn't see before because just the nature of the frame around this picture. And I saw stuff in the picture now, it brought out colors that picked up on the frame. It's just how our visuals or optics work. But I say that because it's true in life too. Sometimes when we reframe a situation or we get a new healthy perspective on it, we see it differently to the extent we don't react like we once did. We learn to maybe let it go or forget about it or put it in the past. But for now, right now, a lot of people in pandemics, you know, in the the pandemic around the world, whatever way your country's been affected, but we look at that situation, it can seem horrendous because our social life and, and maybe you've had sickness or whatnot has been affected. But then you can look at people who are gasping on a ventilator trying to get their last breath. So we always have a way to, we can look at every situation, it can be reframed. And right like the story I mentioned at the start, the rabbi who was able to reframe how he looked at losing his loved ones and find purpose and hope again. We can do that too for our situation and think how much happier you'll be because of it. So I ask you, get that situation of your, whatever that thing is in perspective, look at it and say, what can I do, you know, to reframe how I look at it? And think to yourself, is it really as bad as I think it is? Because it could always be worse. And I think it's a helpful tool. But I want to share with you five steps when it comes to those emotions we may feel. Because, you know, perspective is a part of it, but controlling your emotions is the other part of it. And here's these steps about that, a negative emotion you might feel. Now, a negative emotion could be anger, disgust, it could be rage, it could be, you know, sadness, grief, it could be boredom, it could be annoyance, it could be vengeance. All of these things are negative. Anxiety, fear. They're all negative emotions, things we don't like to feel. Well, I'm going to say to you, if you have an emotion that you feel on a regular basis, maybe it's to do with your perspective on something, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just something that comes up when you think about something or a certain thought process. But well, here's some five steps. The first step is this. When you have a state or a feeling you don't like. Well, the first thing is, what is it? Write it down. What is the emotion, that negative emotion that takes up residence in your life the most? What is it that thing that is in your life most commonly most commonly in a seven day period you know i feel what is the most what is the negative emotion that you feel the most in a seven day period write it down what is that emotion number two then what triggers it what circumstance what memory what event what person what place what is it that triggers that emotion on a regular basis for you write down your trigger number two because what step one and step two are all about is well we're going to figure out the pattern what's the trigger and what's the reaction the emotional one But step three I want you to do is this. 
I want you to find the vaccine for that emotion. I know I use the word vaccine. I'm <laughs> but listen, this is what reason I want to use the word vaccine is this, because when we know what we don't want to feel, when we know what that is, and we say, I don't want to feel this anymore. When we know what that is, well, the vaccine would be, should we say, a counteraction to it. Something that will say, well, here's what we're going to deal with this. It's kind of a, the antidote, a solution, uh, for want of a better word. But basically, it's going, for example, if you are, should we say, feeling sad, well, the opposite or the antidote would be to feel a little bit happier, okay? Or if you're, for example, you're feeling maybe uh, angry, well, you know, the opposite uh, emotion to anger might be calm. Um, it might be peace. You know, when you're not in a rage, but instead you're steady and you're, 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 you're settled. So whatever your emotion might be, you know, whether it be joy and sadness, you know, or anger and peace or whatever it might be, you know, whatever that, in, that emotion is, find out what it is that you're lacking. What is the opposite of it? You know, it, maybe it's confidence. Maybe you feel a lack of confidence a lot. It's not necessarily an emotion, but it's a state that you don't like to be in. Or maybe, for example, you've got some, you know, you feel shame or you feel, you know, pity or envy or indignation or, you know, contempt or whatever kind of state that you feel in. And with things like, say, a, a mindset as well, this will all work for that. So if it's lack of confidence or lack of motivation, this all works. What is it that you want more of? What is the opposite to it? Because that's what you're needing. That's how you work out your blueprint, right? So you write it down. I wish I had more of this in my life to counteract that. So it's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's very easy. Because there's a lot of people don't do that. They focus on how do I make myself not angry? But really what they're focusing on is how do I make myself more calm and at peace and happier in myself? You know, work out those emotions that are the opposite and start working on it that way rather than focusing, looking at the anger, look at the contentment, the happiness. Or rather than looking at the, the fear in your life, well, look at it, should I say, well, what would help me feel less fear? What would let me, you know, deal with the anxiety of this? What would I do that will bring me away from fear and more into hope, more into faith. You know, I always say faith is the opposite of fear because fear is, you know, that state of what ha, what if. But faith is more of an uh, approach of, well, if this happens, even if that happens, we'll be okay. Faith has kind of this attitude of hope. I always think it's kind of the opposite to fear. Rather than fear and what's going to happen, it's, well, even if it does happen, we'll get through this, the opposite to fear. So, you know, you can figure out the opposite to your state or whatever and write it down for yourself. So like, this is what I need more of my life. Now, here's what I'm going to say to you. What kind of, I'm going to say maybe mantra or, or a quote or a statement or even a person or even a place. Sometimes people go to a park and they feel so much more calm at this particular park or place. What is it that you can say to yourself or even visualize when that negative thought and emotion trigger off? I want you to like, as soon as a trigger happens in your mind with this thought or this memory, I want you to come up with a mantra that will bring a soothing effect and will work towards that new emotion. For me, for example, when I struggled with anxiety years and years ago, um, and I've shared it on my, my course that's on my website, um, you know, I go into it a whole lot more, so I won't necessarily today, but I did in previous episodes as well. You'll see them marked as anxiety, and I talk about it there as well. But one of the things that came to me was because in anxiety, the question of what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, I mean, that was the question that would go on all the time. And how I dealt with the what if was, I came up with this mantra of so what? So every time I said what if, I'd say so what? Because I knew this is just my mind playing, should I say, doing its job and looking for threats. And I would say every time to what if, I'd say, so what? And it wasn't that I was saying so what to the 
you know, that what if I, you know, someone died? I wasn't saying so what if they died. I was saying so what to the thought because it didn't happen and there's no fact that it could happen. So I was saying so what to the thinking pattern, not the actual thoughts themselves, if that makes sense. I was dismissing my thinking. I wasn't taking my thinking so seriously. So I did that with a so what? And that was my little thing. If I ever got into a what if situation, I go, no, well, so what? Because it hasn't happened and please God, it'll never happen. You know, and I would just say, so what? Don't take your thoughts so seriously. And that was how I, I dealt with that one um, very much so. But I would also, if I saw a situation that was a catastrophic thinking, you know, a, a what if, and I had this image in my head or this narrative that was just hor- horrendous, I would then visualize it, but it doesn't have to be like that. And I would create it in my head, in my imagination, like an image of, no, everything's fine. And a, a more healthy, happy, positive image. I would have the, you know, healthy statements. Like, you know, if I had a what if, I'd say a so what. And I'd say, I would also say to myself, I can get through this. I will get through this. I must get through this. You know, I'd, I would have all sorts, which I'll, again, I'll talk about in a different day. Have something in your head that is counter to the trigger. Something that will bring a bit of calm, a bit of peace, will steer you in the right direction towards the emotions you want to feel. As I put it like this, you need to counteract a negative narrative. Don't let one narrative play out in your heads. Counteract it and say, you know, that could be true, but this could also be true. I know I feel really angry when I think about that, but you know what? I don't want to feel that anger. I want to feel a little bit more calm, a little bit more happy. And what can I do to factor in that? And come up with a mantra, some maybe a statement or a quote or some words, and obviously maybe even a visualization in your head, something that you can think of and say, you know what, I'm going to be okay, it's going to be fine. Learn to calm down those emotions. So have a counter argument to negative narratives. Don't let them just reside, reside there because they will only build up that negative emotion. It, they'll fuel it. Counteract the trigger. And step number five is this, motion creates emotion. Because whatever we do, the actions we take or the things we do or things we take time out or focus on will always generate an emotion, good, bad or indifferent. You know, maybe it's a very positive emotion or it's a negative emotion or maybe it's somewhere kind of more neutral in the middle. It's not really anything. It's kind of like making breakfast. It doesn't really make me that happy. It doesn't make me that sad. You know, it's just breakfast. So some things are not always exactly polarized. However, though, everything does generate an emotion to some degree. But particularly when we have an emotion we don't like or dislike or a negative state that we don't want to remain in, well, motion, movement, action. What can you do that will generate an emotion towards the one you want to have rather than away from the one you do have? So again, if you're feeling the very simple emotion of sad a lot or feeling depressive or low. Well, you want to feel more happy. So what action could you do that will make you feel a little bit happier? Now, again, these things don't just change overnight and they're very simple, practical steps, but they do work when you put it all together. I always say to people, though, sometimes you may need to get help, talk to someone else, get a different perspective, a professional, someone experienced. I mean, look, I coach clients every day, every week of every year. And and a big part of that is because they've maybe got stuck or they want to level up, as it were, but they're not sure what the next step or plan is. Sometimes they might feel that state or that emotion or, or that mindset that they know kind of what to do and they know some of these steps. They're just they need a little bit more. So get help if you're needing the help. But in simple terms, motion creates emotion. And that is good or bad. So for example, you might say, well, I don't know what to do to make me happy. But I'll say, well, what are you doing that's keeping you sad? If sad is the problem. Or what are you doing that's keeping you in that state? You're obviously doing something that might be keeping you in that state. There might be an action or a process or something that you do that sometimes generates that state. 
It's not always the case because it might be just a simple thought in our head. So the motion would be you're moving your thoughts, like I said in step four, away from the negative emotion by counteracting the thoughts or simply accepting the thoughts, letting them be, and then just saying, but you know what? Like I used to say, so what? It's just my mind and thoughts. It's not fact. I need not worry. The answer to the question is motion is movement, it's action and taking steps to to break the pattern, to break the cycle, to break the rumination. Because if you don't do anything and you say, oh, well, I don't know what I could be doing, Mark, to generate an emotion away from the emotion I currently dislike. And if you're feeling stuck and you're like, I don't know what to do. Well, I would say to you, well, don't keep doing what you're doing because to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. Well, they say that's the definition of insanity. You'll never get different results by just keep doing the same old, same old. So change your actions, change what you're doing. It may have a very profound effect on how you feel emotionally and mentally. It's kind of like that we, we, a lot of us will do it automatically because we'll sometimes be stressed and you might kind of, oh, just need to go for a walk, clear the head. That's basically that. You're taking motion to change how you feel because you're not liking how you're feeling. That's a very simple term of it, but that's really what it is. It's breaking the cycle. So rather than, you know, if you're not sure what to do, well, the main thing is you don't keep doing what you're doing that's generating this negative state. So just to recap, when we don't like a state or a negative emotion that we're feeling on a regular basis, step number one, well, write it down. What is that state? What is the that feeling that you're not liking that tends to lurk around a lot? Number two, well, what triggers that emotional state? What triggers that place you find yourself in when you're feeling that emotion or that state? What is it that's triggering it? Is it it a circumstance, a person, a memory? Is it something you're doing, a place you're going? What is it that's causing you and triggering that emotion? Step one and two are basically how we figure out the pattern. Here's the trigger and here's what it results in. Now, step three is this, is that find an antidote or a vaccine. Find a solution because if you're feeling this, it's because you want to, well, what's missing? You want to feel the the opposite and what and what is the opposite emotion to how you're feeling well then figure that out for example there's they're not always that obvious for example trust you know if you're lacking in trust you might have disgust you know you could be i'm disgusted with that person you know because they broke my trust well then you're trying to build toward trust again but you might not say well how can i trust them again mark they broke that trust well what is it then that you're really feeling well i'm angry well that's the real emotion so just because you think of what it is on the surface what is the emotion beneath that it's just so uh, just a, a little segue i'll drop in there but number three is find out though as i say what will help you move away from the motion you dislike the emotion that you're wanting or lacking. For example, some people might feel overwhelmed. The opposite of that would to feel supported. So, you know, there's always an opposite to what you're feeling or uh, an opposite state to the state you're in if it's a negative one. Number four then is, well, you know, come up with an inner dialogue, a narrative change, counteract that negative narrative, something that you can tell yourself to reassure yourself, encourage yourself, or bring you to that more, I suppose, if it's a happier, pleasant content place that you want to get to um, a statement and 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 visualize you feeling happy i mean sometimes people will do that when they're trying to relax themselves they'll focus on their breathing because they want to relax you know the anxiety and number five then motion creates emotion so what can we do because what we do always has a, a, a effect on how we feel not just physically but also emotionally because what we need to do is have a conscious physical effort to do what generates the, shall I say, more positive emotion. And practice that emotion. This is my step number six, which I need to mention. Consistency is key. You've got to learn to do this on a consistent basis. 
I know we all say, well, here's the five steps and how you do it. Yes, but they're no good unless step number six, you've got to be consistent. So make sure you are consistent in doing this each and every time. And it gets easier over time. But like I mentioned, if you need help, make sure you get help. Because a lot of us struggle with a state that we're in or position or even a mindset that we're in. And we almost accept that it's irreversible. Everything is reversible. Everything is changeable. And it doesn't mean we can change the past. And like I mentioned that story at the start of the rabbi, we can't change always the past or even the situation. Those are the, should I say, the, the, the uncontrollable things that we have no control over. But what we can do is we can reframe them. We can take a new perspective and we can deal with those negative emotions. Now, I hope that's been helpful today, but I've got something coming up that I think will be of great benefit to a lot of you. As you know, on my website, markfennel.ie, I have a lot of um, resources on there, um, uh, courses, and you know, if you want to book in for a one-to-one session or whatever, it's all on the site. Well, I have a new course coming, which will be a live course, and it's coming in April, and it's the Confidence Course. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast, well, the good news for you is you can head over there now, you get a discount code just for you, and it's Confidence. 30 c-o-n-f-i-d-e-n-c-e-3-0 and if you put that in you'll get 30% off that's a special deal just for you for being a listener to the podcast but I'm almost out of time for today thank you so much for everyone who's tuned in to listen and as I say I love your feedback connect with me on Instagram connect with me on my newsletter um, over on markfennel.ie and you'll get a free gift when you do so Uh, but either way keep in touch and I do love when you screenshot that you're listening to this podcast and tag me in your Insta stories I always find it so encouraging and it spreads the word so make sure you share with this podcast and of course you can do all the usual good stuff if you want to feel like giving me a five star review and you can always subscribe on that note though you've been great i've been mark fennel and you're listening to this adult life the podcast